Welcome to the State 48 Mega Trucks Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Robert Maxwell with Maxwell Mud, and with me is... James Norman with Normanator Racing. This is our first episode where we're really going to go into the background of us, what State 48 Mega Trucks is, what we do, who's part of the group, and you know, kind of tell you more about us personally and, uh, and about our team. So I think you know, really one of the first things that we should do is just kind of explain how we got into the, the mud bogs and the mega trucks and stuff. And so um, there is nothing better than a, a group of like-minded people. And, the, and it's not just the guys. It's, it's the wives. It's the kids. It's all of us like-minded people that hang out with each other, go to events with each other, go to game nights with each other. You know, the wives are having a girls' night, I do believe, next weekend or something like that. This mud family is phenomenal. They'll bend over backwards for you. And it's not just mud truck drivers. You know, we have fans that have become really part of the mud bog family. They have they go to the events. They follow us where we go. They are there all the time. They support us. They take videos of us. They post about us. They share our stuff. You know, it's it's... It's important, and it's probably the biggest aspect of, of why I'm in this sport for sure. You know, I do like going fast. I do like jumping the trucks. I do like doing all of that. But the family is, is much more important to me and the, the friendships that have grown from this and, you know, no, knowing that there's people that you can call on that have your back 24-7. And that's what State 48 really is about is – Having a group of people that have your back 24/7 and you have theirs, it's it's a good feeling to have. And there's, I haven't found a community that's as tight knit and is as willing to do stuff like that as as these mud bog guys. What about what about you, James? How did you get into mud bogging and get to where you are today? Well, I got into mud bogging in the late 80s, early 90s, watching my dad. We would go to mud bog events, and my dad was a welder, and he would work on these big trucks, and I just fell in love with them. Then I got to the point where I started racing my own truck. I started out with a 1979 stock Bronco with 38s, mild, mild built motor, and worked my way up, and then got to loving it so much and driving it that I was like, oh, I just need a big truck. I need to make it personalized to the mud. And that is when I came out with the Mud Reaper. Now the Mud Reaper, again, is another 79 Bronco, full-built race chassis. It's just the shell of the Bronco that sits over it, backed by a 472 blown big block Ford with a Cyclone drop box, Rockwell's, 20-inch DNC overtime coilovers and 14.9 cut and scoop key, spike, key spiker BKT tires and built it from there. It took me roughly about six months to design and build it to the TI to to the comfort level that I wanted and have it to where it's doing today. Now over the years I've this is my third year running it, and over the years I have changed it here and there and tweaked it to the, about to the point it is now, where now I have 
rear steer, or actually all steer. Uh, my motor's in the rear where I started in the front. I've done everything I can that I think is safety feature on the truck. Um, I have been working on this and working on it and working on it and tweaking it, doing this, doing that. It has come a long ways, and that is what Mud Reaper is all about. It's just something I built to go out there and jump, put on a freestyle show, race through the mud, do everything that I could with this truck, what a monster truck would do, and but just on on a smaller tire vehicle, and that is what that is what makes up the Mud Reaper. You know, I can attest that truck is has definitely evolved. I remember, you know, watching the build on that truck when it first was getting built. You know, you literally posted pictures of, of the, the frame rail being laid out, building the chassis on it. Uh, when that truck first came out, it was on Trust 1 Tons, Fox coilovers. Uh, I do believe it had a, a stock transfer case in it, right? Yes, I did. I started out pretty much the way you right how you said it, Robert. I started out, built me a full tubular chassis, started out with a pretty much a stock 460 board 30 over, which made it a 472 mile cam, a stock C6, and a stock 205 transfer case backed by trussed up to the gilts one tons so I could jump the truck on 13 stick by 24 tractor tires. Now I have evolved to moving the motor to the rear. I'm blown. Um, I've got the 14.9 cut and scoop tires. I have evolved to Rockwell's. Those are all trussed up. I have taken out the, the stock transmission, put a aftermarket fully built D6 transmission in it, a Cyclone 15-inch drop reverse cut case so I can mount the motor in the back. And BNC overtime 20-inch travel coilovers. And, you know, when you start this thing out, you're like, yes, this is what I wanted. And then you start jumping it and doing this, and you're like, okay, I need to change this, and then I need to change that. And now it's to the point now, I, like I said, I have rear steer in it. You know, I make it just about as much as a monster truck I can without going to monster truck tires. Because also that way I could still play in the mud. I could still jump. I could still freestyle. I can do crab walk it. I could tight turn it. This truck has been built and proven and destroyed and broken and redone again to take out any loose link, uh, links in it. I have been chasing the link ever since I built it, and whatever the weak link is, you find out, and then you, you fix it, repair it, and do it again. That is pretty much how the mega truck motto goes. It's Build, brace, break, repeat. 
I couldn't agree with that more. So, <laughs> we, what's that? I said I couldn't agree with that more. We've uh, we've definitely played that motto for a while. <laughs> yes, we have. So Reaper yes, came have. out in 2014, right? Reaper was built in 2014. I had missed the last bog of the season in 2014. Missed it by just you know a couple days. I didn't have it fully done. I un- unveiled it the season opener in January of 2015, and I have been racing it all of 15, all of 16, and now all of 17. So that's three full years I've been racing the Reaper, jumping it, chasing that weak link. Now I'm to the point where I think I've hopefully, knock on some wood, I've got all the weak links chased out, and now it's just time to hammer down and let's see what she can do. So Reaper's not the only truck in your stable, right? No, I and my other truck in the stable is uh, Mud Boss, which is a 2005 King Ranch Edition Crew Cab Ford that started its life out as a, a diesel. We yanked the motor out. We pulled the one-ton axles out. We fully ca- belly caged underneath. We put... Uh, 18-inch FOAs under it with two and a half ton on 14.9s is how it started its life with a stock 460 in the front, right where the normal engine goes. And it has evolved over the two years that I've had it. It has evolved from that all the way up to 24-inch big shock coilovers uh, um, an SCS drop, uh, 18-inch reverse cut drop box, motor in the rear, and again a blown 472 that uh, that is in that truck too on 63-inch tall, six, 63 inches tall, 16.9 by 30 rice paddy tires. And when I mean by rice paddy tires, the lug, the cleat on them are five and a half inches tall. So, and they're a straight cut, which makes it more of a paddle style tire that is evolved over the truck. And it has evolved over the last two years into the machine that it is now. It stands a whopping 12 foot four inches from the ground to the top of the truck and is one hell of an eye catcher. It's more of our showpiece truck and our deep deep hole bounty race bounty racing truck. And as of right now, it is one of the tallest mega trucks in the state of Arizona. Well, I think it is the tallest mega truck in the state of Arizona, no doubt. Yes, and I believe. 100%. I haven't personally seen them in any truck taller than the Mud Boss uh, running around, you know. And I have built about 90% of the mega trucks that run around in the state of Arizona. You know, that brings up a, and, a good question, James. 
What is your definition of a megatruck? A, a true blown megatruck, to me, definition and wise, is something that has tractor tires on it. It is a fully built truck as far as having four length front and rear, coilovers front and rear. It can jump, and it has some sort of drop box in it. Now, whether that be an aftermarket drop box from an SES to a Cyclone to a NP200 that is the same thing as a 205, just with the fourth output shaft, which in return we could turn those transfer case transfer cases up vertically and run them as a true drop box. To me, that is what makes up a mega truck. It is a truck that you can look and go, okay, I could take this truck through the mud, I can jump this truck, I can do anything I want with this truck and pretty much walk or pull it back onto the trailer without any problems and do that repetitively. And to me, so, in that, in my eyes, that is a mega truck. You didn't mention axle size. Do you think there's a, a minimum axle size, you know, one ton and up or two? Oh, yes. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I completely forgot about the axle size. Yes, to me, it, a deuce and a half, you got to have a minimum of a deuce and a half to be classified as a mega truck. You can have heavier, you can have the five tons and still be classified as a mega truck. One tons, to me, in my eyes, do not classify you as a mega truck. That is a one ton tractor tire mud truck. That, and there is probably 10 to 20 of them around in the state of Arizona that run one tons with a tractor tire. Can you make that last? Yes. Is it a good mud bogging truck? Yes. Is it a mega truck? In my eyes, no. Because eventually over time, you could jump a one-ton truck, but you are going to break it no matter what. That is why I, when I started out with Reaper, I started with one ton and went to the two and a half tons. Because over time, the the velocity of you jumping and impacting that you take, it's eventually something's got to give. And to me, that doesn't make up a mega truck. Mega truck is two and a half tons, four length front and rear, coilovers front and rear, full hydraulic steering, a drop box of some sort, in a full on belly cage underneath to make it. A, a, a true mega truck. I, I I absolutely agree. Honestly, I, I and, and so does most of the even the East Coast racers. You know, um, two and a half ton and up is considered you know mega truck tractor tire racing. They have a division for one ton tractor tires. They don't call that mega truck. So you know, I I have to agree with your assessment there. You know. Um. Yes, and then, you know, and to me, that is the way to classify them. You know, out in where we're at in State 48, 
in Arizona, you don't have the number of trucks that you do back east. So every kind of everything kind of just be, gets pushed into a tractor tire. Mega trucks are more strong than one ton trucks as far as being able to take the jump, take the pounding that we do, and the probability of them breaking is very low versus a normal truck, especially on one tons. That is why we go to the heavier two-and-a-half-ton Rockwells and uh, uh, heavier knuckles, bigger shocks, all that, all that retains what what makes up a mega truck. With the two and a half tons, come at, at anything else. You know, one tons are good to about a forty inch, maybe a forty four inch tall tire, without worrying about too much carnage. Rockwells, you're about sixty three inches without too much carnage. You go to five tons, they're a little bit, you know, you can go up to about a 66 without any carnage for the most part. And then on up into the planetaries. And then the planetaries go all the way up to like a 20-ton planetary, what you see on monster trucks nowadays. Well, that is my story. How did you get started in mud bogging, Robert? I got into mud bogging because drag racing went away in the state. I went uh, drag racing up in Speed World at the drag track. Well, a lot of my mud bog friends were actually mud bogging over at Speed World at the same time. But uh, I went out to the track. I had a, a 69 Nova and that I raced out there at one point, and I had a 94 uh, LT1 Camaro that I raced out there for a while. So I used to go out to the drag races fairly often and when they closed Speed World and Firebird got to the point to where you had to have a full you know race certification chassis and, and an NHRA license to race out there <clears throat> it seemed like um, I ended up selling the drag cars and we got into Razors, the family did, and uh, eventually one of, my, one of my close friends Paul Hines invited me out to the mud bunks out at uh, Buckeye Drags. Uh, went out there and saw it, loved it. You know, I'd always enjoyed mud bogs, but uh, didn't know, didn't even realize that it was kind of a thing in Arizona, because who would? And uh, decided that I wanted to do that for sure. So I got on Craigslist and started looking at, you know, mud bog trucks and ended up buying a mud bog truck from the Canyon Mud Bogs actually went up there and met the guy. He was running the truck that night. And uh, it is a 79 three-quarter ton with a 10-inch uh, leaf springs uh, and 39.5-inch TSL boggers in the front and super swampers in the rear. And I do believe they were cut by Joe Reject Racing, honestly, uh, here in, in uh, Phoenix. And that was my first mud truck that I bought. Uh, we painted that truck flat black. Uh, me and three or four friends painted that truck flat black and, and splattered it with red paint. Made it look like uh, blood 
and painted Walking Dead stuff on it and kind of turned it into a Walking Dead truck. Um, took it out to the bogs, and I think I ran that truck, I don't know, three or four times. It was just a uh, stock. It was a stock 396 um, with a turbo 350 behind it and three-quarter ton running gear. Um, it wasn't real fast, but it was a lot of fun. It didn't get stuck, you know, and uh, we made a few passes. And one of the nights, <clears throat> a guy named Sean White came out to the bogs, and he brought with him the bump and grind uh, mud truck. And this thing was very nice. It was fully caged. Um, you know, done a good job on it. I think it had a 12-inch spring packs on it. It was a, I do believe it is an 81 square body with a 60, 60s model international step side on it. But the, the lines are done so well, you, you can't tell that it's not a stock Chevy step side bed on it. Um, sitting on 46-inch groundhogs and had a, a 402 with a cam and, you know, intake and carb and things like that. And it was it was quick. It was very fast compared to, you know, what I was driving at the time and anything else that was driving out there at the time because this was in 2013, I do believe. And uh, <clears throat> I saw the truck and uh, he made a few passes. He broke a drive shaft, front drive shaft, and uh, I I wanted the truck. I, I've always been a big fan of step sides. Um, I, I really liked the way it looked, the way it drove. The truck was very clean. Sean did a really good job on you know keeping all the lines lined up and it just was done well and so I inquired about the truck and and two weeks later I owned it I went and bought the truck from Sean and, and drove it down and renamed the truck Bossom um, a, a name that my kids gave the truck uh, and I ran Bossom for about a year now that I was kinda into the sport and running the uh, Bossom out there um, I was starting to follow other mud truck pages and other things that was going on and ET and ended up stumbling across Normanator Racing and started watching the evolution of Mud Reaper. Well, of course, when you start getting into mud bogs, you start watching Trucks Gone Wild videos and things like that, and you're going, yeah, I want to do that, absolutely. And so watching the evolution of Mud Reaper and, and seeing somebody that had the fabrication skills and the the know-how and the, the gumption to build something like that excited me and so I watched Mud Reaper get built and go out and jump and eventually <clears throat> I started asking James about you know doing something like that myself the original plan was to um, actually turn Bossom, the old bumper grind truck, into a mega truck, belly cage it and put four links under it and put 14 nines under it and and go about it that way uh, we continued to talk and talk about the pros and cons of everything and you know eventually got to you know let's just build a chassis um, custom build it to you know make it fit you make everything work for you you know you you'll be happy and so if I was gonna build it I was gonna build it right so at the time you know we, you know basically tried to buy the best of everything I could put on that truck so it took us man it took us what 16 months 16 to 18 months I think to build that truck uh, there was a little lull time in there but I didn't have any money <laughs> you know because that's how life goes um, but it was only a few months I think so it was it was a true legitimate probably 16 months to build that truck 
um, because I didn't want to spare expenses on it or shortcut things. Um, I had a custom 622 big block Chevy built by uh, Davlin Performance out of Oklahoma. Um, uh, he built a motor for me and, and shipped it out to me for the truck. I had Hughes Performance build me a, a transmission, you know, based on that, that those motor specs. Um, we bought a, a Cyclone drop case, reverse cut, because I wanted the engine to be rear-mounted because that was actually a suggestion that came from James. Um, he said, if you're going to jump this thing, the front engine's not working for me. I'm going to go rear-engine, so if you're going to do it, just do it right the first time. And so we did, uh, and we went rear-engine on the thing. Uh, the shocks are 2.5-inch Pros uh, from Big Shocks coilovers. We called uh, Jared over there at Big Shocks and told him you know what the truck was weighing at you know roughly and what we're gonna do with it and he gave us a good you know spring rate and it's been working good ever since we got the truck and I went ahead and actually ended up buying my BKT 171's cut by Keith Spiker from Ronnie Brock uh, over in Florida and he shipped them to the door and we, we put them on rims that I ended up getting from a guy up north in Prescott that had a two and a half ton truck and so it just all, you know, it all started falling together. We got Biohazard built, and man, that thing is a handful. <laughs> you know, the the, the 622 is pu pushing north of a thousand horsepower, um, and so it's definitely it, it gets with the program. We came out and uh, had a blast doing this. Uh, I think my first event on the truck was out at ET, and. Uh, we jumped the truck many times, tore a shock mount out, uh, eventually broke a steering knuckle, so we've upgraded the steering knuckles. We've upgraded all the shock mounts around the truck. I've broken link bars. We've upgraded all the link bars. Just broke a steering steering bar, so we're going to upgrade that. So, yeah, this, as James said before, everything gets upgraded all the time. Um, Biohazard is my truck. I mean, that's the truck that I enjoy getting in. It's a truck I drive all the time. Uh, this year alone, Biohazard's been through three motors. It's got the, the 622 that was originally in it. I ran for a season and a half. Um, the, the, the engine didn't blow up. Uh, I ended up pulling the engine because we switched alcohol injection on it, and the learning curve was pretty steep for that. And so uh, I think I washed the rings, you know, kind of leaving it fat, thinking the old gas mentality, just leave it fat and it's safe. Well, it's not quite as safe with alcohol. So um, I do believe I washed the rings pretty good, probably broke a ring on it, it smoking pretty good, so I pulled it out of the truck. Ended up uh, getting a pretty badass blower motor and putting that in the truck. It's a uh, 550 with a 1471 Mooneyham blower on it with enderal injection. Truck makes north of 1500 horsepower, and uh, it was a lot of fun. That that uh, Driving that kind of blower motor was different for sure. Um, I will definitely put a blower motor back in Biohazard at some point in time. Um, but I ended up, I do believe I popped a head gasket on that motor. We haven't pulled it down to see what's wrong with it yet. Um, right now the truck has a 602 in it, also built by Davlin Performance. It was the backup motor that I had built for Biohazard. It was just a short block that I was just, you know, if something was to happen to the 622, I'd be able to take the heads and the intake off the 622, put it on the 602 or 605, put it in the truck and be able to still make races. Um, but it didn't work out that way. I ended up having to um, 
put that motor together for another truck beforehand so it was already it's already got heads and an intake and everything on it so that kind of segues into the other trucks that Maxfield Mud has owned and broken and bought and sold I guess uh, about a year after Biohazard I wanted to get another truck because I had broken Biohazard a few times missed a few events because it was broken and really wanted to make every mud event that I could you know and so um, I went searching on Facebook and ended up finding a truck called Little Dirty South uh, from a fellow named Corky Williams in Florida and uh, I drove down I drove over to Florida from Arizona uh, me and a buddy of mine drove all the way over there and ended up meeting with Corky and uh, taking a look at the truck did some work on the truck and ultimately Corky took me for a drive in the truck he backed up on his property there come off the trans brake and pinned it and the truck pulled the front wheels four foot off the ground and catwalked it for about 30 feet and it was sold at that point <laughs> I was pretty ecstatic that uh, it did what it did and so I definitely wanted it ended up buying the truck from Corky and bringing it back to Arizona I brought it back to Arizona I put it took it off the trailer at, at uh, James's shop and we changed the boots out on the front axle because they had been torn that's all we did came back to James's shop the next day to go racing and the truck wouldn't start so we uh, we ended up replacing a distributor and, and a pickup and some wires and, and ended up getting it to fire but it was running like horrible and ended up not making any passes on it tearing the motor apart to find that it it had pretty much killed itself on the inside wasn't wasn't fun but you know that's the uh, that's the game you play when you when you get into the mega truck world and you're buying you know trucks that you don't know anything about and that you didn't build and it's just what happens so um, that's why the 605 that I had built as a backup for biohazard ended up getting heads and an intake and, and everything so I could put it in uh, the new truck that I had renamed Drinking Problem and go racing with it. Um, ran Drinking Problem and Biohazard um, for a little bit, but Drinking Problem continued to have problems, um, ignition problems and carburetor problems, and so it didn't get ran very much. <coughs> Eventually, um, I decided I was going to put a fuel-injected engine in it and and let my wife drive it. And so um, I talked to the wife and said, "Hey, let's uh, let's do this. You know, would you like to allow me to spend the money to buy another truck, and then this truck will become yours?" And she graciously accepted that offer and said, "You know, you're gonna have to rename this truck for me and, and make it run good and uh, put a nice motor in it and make it turnkey for me." And I said, "I can do that. So I just wanted to buy another truck." <laughs> so at that time, I lo started looking for another truck and ended up looking to Corky Williams again and uh, he had, at that point in time he had a truck that he had been building since I bought Drinking Problem and he really did spare no expense on that truck it, it was a very nice truck um, it had a blower motor in it uh, FTI stage 5 glide uh, SCS 18 inch drop case you know the upgraded steering knuckles aluminum hubs 
you know, 12-4 BKT cut tires that never been ran. Uh, did a real good job building the rims on it. Really nice truck. Uh, and so I decided to, to jump on that. He made me a good deal, especially because, you know, I think, you know, he felt bad because of what happened with the, with the uh, Little Dirty South truck, even though, you know, I don't think he had anything to do with it, of course. But I think, you know, he made me a good deal on the truck that I made into Arsenal at that point in time. And so, again, I drove to Florida, picked that truck up from Corky, and brought it back uh, here. Once I got it back here, we, we messed with the body on it for a while, but ended up just leaving it naked and paneling it off just to keep it light because I wanted the truck to be really fast. Biohazard was built for, for jumping and pulling wheelies and, and trying to do donuts and kind of a, a more of a freestyle truck. And so I wanted a truck that was just going to be super fast for the pits because that's how most of our competitions in this state work is just being fast through the pit. You know, whoever gets to the end the fastest, you know, time or side by side, that's that's how you win. That's how you get the 100 bucks, you know, or the 500 bucks or the 1700 bucks depending on what race you're in. And so that's what Arsenal was for. But I don't have the uh, the ability to drive a, you know, a quote unquote mega truck and see a jump in front of me and not hit it. You know, just like James was saying before, a mega truck is qualified or, or quantified by not having to do that, you know, not having to drive around the, the jump in front of you. Um, and so I jumped the truck a few times, and one of the times I, I jumped Arsenal, I landed, and it snapped the chassis in half. When that happened, that was a, it was kind of an eye-opener. Biohazard had been running for, you know, two and a half years at that point, or two and a quarter or so, and... You know, I, I'd never really, the worst I'd ever done is, is bend link bars um, as far as the chassis and stuff like that had, had go, gone. And so I decided at that point that I would take the truck, the drinking problem truck that was my wife's that was still having issues, and Arsenal that was now, the chassis was broken in half, and we would build two new trucks custom built by Arizona Frame and Fabrication and James and and bring those things out and just really do them right make them custom built to us because we know that those trucks are going to last and that they're going to be done to our specification and everything's going to be good so that started the uh, the path that we're on right now so right now Mr. Norman is building two identical chassis um, one is Bonnie and one is Clyde so Danielle Maxfield will be, is driving Bonnie, and I will eventually drive Clyde once my truck is finished. Both trucks are 49 Chevys. Uh, her truck is a three-window, and my truck is a five-window. My truck is a fiberglass body, and Bonnie is a steel body. We put a uh, LS-based GM motor in uh, Bonnie and completely made the truck turnkey. Had the PCM tuned, uh, all, the, all the wiring done up correctly. Uh, custom ordered the harness for it, wired everything up, and made that truck completely turnkey for her. So she gets in the truck, turns the key on, lets the fuel pump come on, and then fires it up and drives it just like she does her daily driver. Um, the truck turned out phenomenal. Um, the chassis is pink, the body's black. You can check the truck out on State 48 Mega Trucks on Facebook. Um, she's been driving the truck the last couple of events of the season. It's actually out at the off-road expo right now 
on display. If anybody is listening and wants to go check it out, it's going to be out there all day tomorrow. Um, it, it, the truck turned out awesome. Uh, we took the axles, the drop case, the tires, the rims, and, and a few other things, but that's about it off of the uh, Little Dirty South truck that I had originally bought and used all of that running gear under the new custom chassis that Bonnie now sits on. Clyde is the chassis done. The, the body is, is sitting on the chassis. And at this point it's just a, you know, funding when you know when I'm when I'm running two trucks every weekend, Biohazard and Bonnie, and and keeping those up and going. Uh, and all the work that James has been doing on Bonnie and when I break Biohazard and when he breaks Mud Reaper and James also maintains, you know, every other truck in the state, forty eight mega trucks, it makes it difficult for, you know, time to be put towards Clyde and of course funds to be put, put towards Clyde so I hope to uh, get Clyde out early next year but Clyde is going to be it's going to be uh, a fast truck um, that truck's just going to be built specifically for racing um, it will be more than capable of jumping so I will not I will not pass a jump like I said before I will jump it um, but the, the purpose of the truck is to be extremely light and and make fast passes. Clyde is a uh, it's a custom fiberglass uh, Chevy five window. Um, so the whole body is going to be fiberglass. Um, I do believe we're going to get an aluminum bed from a company called Kmart, Kmart or Kmicro or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I will post it in the show notes afterwards um, but we're gonna go all aluminum on this truck as much as we can and uh, and go big shocks uh, air shocks on this one nitrogen shocks uh, keep the weight down and it, we really want to make this truck fast you know uh, and so I want to build Clyde to basically solidify my position you know a, a, as the fastest tractor tire truck in the state that's my goal is to be the fastest tractor tire truck in the state and I'm hoping that Clyde will fill that role. I do believe it will. Um, the motor that's going to go into Clyde is a secret right now. Uh, it's mostly a secret because I don't know yet. <laughs> I plan to make sure it's fast but you know I don't need something that's so ridiculous that I can't keep control of the truck down the, down the drag pit. That's one thing that you know with uh, Biohazard when I had the blower motor in it I made a pass at Chinley and I yanked the wheels off the ground for, you know, 100 feet with them four or five feet in the air. It was really cool, but that's not how you win races, you know. And so Clyde will be set up to try to maintain that power better, keep all the wheels on the ground. And Biohazard will go back to hopefully doing the same thing, pulling the wheels off the ground and, and keeping them going for a while. I've been rambling on for a while. Um... I don't think that there's much more to add on the, my background coming into the sport. So I think at this point, you know, we have other members of the, of the sport. And so um, I'd like to name the trucks that are currently in the State 48 group. Um, all of these trucks, I believe James and I both consider them mega trucks. And, and we do, and I, I do. 
And James built every single truck in State 48 besides White Widow, right? Yep. Every truck that is a part of our State 48 family that run with us, that is just our family, every one of them I have built other than White Widow. Now, I have, excuse me, I have done work on White Widow as far as helping him go to the full hydraulics, making up his lines for him, uh, doing small stuff like that. But other than that, that truck has been built and built, driven, and operated by Frank Ramirez. So we'll start with we'll start with Frank Ramirez. Um, Frank has been in this game longer than all of us for sure. Um, Frank's been driving mud bog trucks in the state of Arizona for a long time. Um, Frank did not send me um, the build of his truck for me to get everything right, so I'm not going to hack at all of the correct parts that are in Frank's truck. Um, but I, I can tell you that it is a square body Chevy. It is named the White Widow. And, uh, man, that, that guy is a wealth of knowledge on the sport. He can tell you, you know, back in 82, these were the trucks that were running. These were the trucks that were on tractor tires. These guys were on this tire. You know, I remember this guy. He's really been a wealth of information and a blast to hang out with. Um, always is willing to lend a hand and, you know, give you any help that he can. You know, if, if he can give you any information, he'll give it to you. There's no, uh, he doesn't covet information or he doesn't think he's, his truck's faster than anybody or he doesn't, you know, he's not competitive to the point of being an asshole, you know, or a butthole. Um, I, Frank is a great guy. I really enjoy hanging out with him. I enjoy any time that I can hang out with him. And uh, he works on the pit crew for the McGruff truck, if I do believe. And so he's, uh, I, I do believe his aspirations are to someday uh, operate a, a monster truck. His passion lies in monster trucks, um, well beyond mud trucks, but that's usually where it starts, right? You know, it, it graduates up there. We've already talked about the Mud Reaper. We've talked about Mud Boss. We've talked about Biohazard. We've talked about Bonnie. And so why don't you... Uh, give kind of a rundown on what all is going on in, in Cookie Monster, the owner and the truck and stuff, James. Yes, uh, Cookie Monster is a 2001 Chevy Suburban with a full interior in it, full leather, the whole shebang. It's got the the 5.3 LS based engine. Um, it's got the Correct me if I'm wrong, the 4L80 transmission? 60. Robert? 60, okay. Uh, backed by the stock transfer case, backed by a 200, NP200 drop case in it with 2.5-ton Rockwells, four-length front and rear with 18-inch uh, FOA coilovers on it. It has 14.9 cut and scooped BKT R2s in the rear, and it has uh, 14.9 uh, 14.9 by 24 R1s cut 
in the front with backed by custom built Arizona frame and fabrication wheels that say Cookie Monster on it. And the name Cookie Monster came from his kids and the name just stuck. It's a bright, uh, dark blue full-size Chevy Suburban. And it is one of the coolest trucks out there that runs with our group. Yeah, that truck drives me crazy. We'll we'll be out, you know, we have some posters of the trucks and, and, you know, things we hand out and we try to, you know, interact with the the kids and adults and everybody. And most of the kids, when when I give them a poster, I ask them, you know, what's what's your favorite truck? You know, because Biohazard is probably the most crazy truck. You know, it definitely makes a statement when it fires up and it pulls wheelies and it does big things and, you know, Mud Reaper does four-wheel steer donuts and, and, you know, cool stuff. And all the kids always love Cookie Monster the most. You know, it it cracks me up. That truck is, is the most reliable truck ever. <laughs> he just gets in it and turns yes, the key every time, and he just goes pass after pass after pass. Um, thank God he, he knocks the water out of the pit because <laughs> – I won't. I won't run through there. You know, if it's if it's totally wet, because my truck's just not quite, um, you know, waterproofed as well as it can be. Because um, I didn't really plan on getting into super deep mud with it, but uh, yeah. And and Aaron Legasse is the driver, and that guy will bend over backwards to help you. You know, just like I was mentioning earlier, the mud truck family. Him and his family are phenomenal people, and that guy, he is the reason that Biohazard made the last couple of events. Um, I wasn't willing, I didn't have the time, you know, to uh, get Biohazard put back together after, you know, we had motor issues, and we had this, and we had that, and, you know, he works a full-time job. He would get off work, show up to the shop, and him and James would work on the truck after hours, just trying to get it up and going so we could all be together at the next event. You know, it's things like that that you know it means a lot. You know, when guys take time, yeah, and that, personal time. And I couldn't have said it even better, Robert. I was during the day. I was fully intrigued with building and getting Bonnie ready, and Biohazard. You know, had its little hiccup. And Aaron was the first one to volunteer and say, you know what, you're not going to be without us, Robert. You're going to be right there and bring it, to, bring it to my shop, and I'll be there after work, and we'll get it taken care of. And part of my friends, I shit you not, it had its little hiccup on a Saturday by uh, Sunday night. We had done already had the motor pulled out of biohazard, sat down on the ground, and the 605 ready to go back into biohazard. And I couldn't concentrate on biohazard during the day because we had so many other trucks that we were the deadline to meet. And sure enough, old Aaron would come, come strolling in whenever he got off work and be like, it's time to go, and I'd be like, cool, I'm here. 
Everybody at my shop that, you know, works their normal 8 to 5 would go home. Me and Aaron would stay there till 9, 10, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, getting stuff ready, helping out, and, you know, doing what it took to make sure not only was he there, but all of us were there. And, you know, that is, you know, what you emphasized earlier, Robert, that is what it is all about. It is our family. We, all of us, bend over backwards for each other and help us out with whatever we can and do whatever we can. And and, it, and you're right, and it's not only the mud bogs. It's the wife. It's the kids. You know, I've had me and Aaron working on Biohazard, Bonnie, uh, Reaper, all in the same night. And in, when, and if your schedule could let you in, Robert, you would come down there and help. And wouldn't you know, Aaron's wife would bring us, you know, a couple pizzas, drinks, keep us going. You know, it would, it's never been a problem that where one wife or another wife has said, you know, oh, you're doing this too much, you're spending time, you can't hang out, you know. No, it's, this is what it's truly about. It is about the tight-knit, close family we have and our fans. Because for me, that is 100% the reason why I do this sport. It is so I could take my truck out and put on just one hell of a freestyle show and jump it, four-wheel steer it, donuts, running through the mud, and then having kids come up, oh, can I have your autograph? Can I take a picture with your truck? Is it okay if I sit in your truck? Yeah, you know, that is what it's about. And then for them to go... Do you know the guy that drives Cookie Monster? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, but absolutely. Aaron yeah, the such fan. a good guy. Oh, yeah. You know, to me that, put it this way, he built Cookie Monster his, I think it was his third or fourth time out, jumped it hard, let, it hang, let him hang out for a little bit, and flipped it. Within, he flipped it on a Saturday. By two weeks later, or actually I have to say one week later, because by the next following Saturday, he had already had a new body back on it, ready to go, turnkey, ready to go back to the next bogs. And he didn't just roll it. He lawn darted this thing. He launched off the jump. Uh He caught... 10 plus foot of air in the air uh, he sent it and the the weight you know the weight didn't transfer real good and being a front engine you know stock truck the front end came down and he lawn darted the thing and he yeah, got out of the truck lawn darted it and put it up over the side and got out of the truck and gave a thumbs up to everybody yep i mean thank thank goodness he was safe and i mean it was that night, we were all on a on a group chat together, looking up suburban bodies that we could find, or anybody that knows any old suburbans laying out somewhere, 
you know, just trying to find a good deal on a suburban body. And I mean, yeah, I think it was eight days later. There on the group chat, there was a video posted of the thing running with a new body, exactly the same color. You couldn't tell that it ever happened. It was it was crazy. Yes, and see that's yeah. Again, that is what it's about: making sure we take care of each other. You're right. You know what? By the time he rolled it, he got out, and they brought flipped the truck over and brought it up. We had already everybody had been searching for trucks for him. You know, body parts, body. You know, what's the cheapest out there? And he did that on a Saturday. By the next Saturday. There is a there's a video of it him firing that thing up and it running on a blue body that looks identical to the body that was on there. And the best part, if my recollection serves me right, because this was over a year ago now, didn't he drive Cookie Monster up onto the old body of the Suburban? Yes. As soon as the truck was fully completed to christen it to make sure everything was running right, we took the old body of Cookie Monster that was on the ground, and he took the new Cookie Monster and drove up on the top of it just to show that, hey, I'm still here, we're still going, and I'm ready to rock and roll. That's right. There was cookies to be had. (laughs) Yes, there was. So, um, yeah, Cookie Monster makes it to all of our events with us. Um, in fact, Mud Reaper and Cookie Monster were on display today at a MMA, a one-year anniversary for an MMA. Uh, yeah, yeah, an, an, an MMA gym. They had their one-year anniversary. They wanted a couple trucks on display. They hit me up. I had showed them all the tri- tr- pictures of the trucks in State 48. And I said, yes, you can have your choice, whatever trucks we want, you want there, we will have them there. And by 9 o'clock this morning, they were Mud Reaper and Cookie Monster, both were on display for the Mir MMA one-year anniversary celebrating their, their one-year one anniversary of being open there. And then you guys loaded up from there headed straight to the off-road expo and we put all the trucks on display at the off-road expo we had dirty white boy out there which we'll talk about in just a minute cookie monster mud reaper biohazard bonnie and tomat was out there another uh, drag racer that uh, runs in the state of arizona truck's been around for a long time um so what just out of curiosity you know what happened today to the mud reaper well, today we went to make the pass to show off for the crowd in the expo. Got on it, went through the mud, got to the end, thought it would be kind of cool and, you know, flip it around, kind of do a little body slide, or truck slide, and then nail it coming back through the mud. At the end of the track, there was a, you know, wet area where the, the water truck had got stuck, and I had tight turned it and I goosed it it slid around it caught the ruts and picked the truck up and set it right on its side 
Now, I wasn't hurt, no, no scratch, no injury on me, but that is why, for that reason, that is why we go through the extra safety precautions on all our vehicles that we have that I have ever built. I have put, you know, extra safety precautions, and you, Robert, can testify that, you know what, I build them to make sure that you can withstand one heck of a rollover. And that that really goes to to something that I, I have personally mentioned in, you know, more than one, you know, Mike speech, you know, from, from, you know, winning an event or something like that. When you have a truck that's built, you know, per your specification that fits you by somebody that you trust and know, you know, and, and that knows their, their stuff basically, and you feel safe in the truck, you can drive it way better than you can something else. In Biohazard, I have done some pretty crazy things. Um, I've basically laid that truck on the side and drove out of it. I've driven up 90-degree walls sideways and and done some pretty cool stuff in it. And the reason that I can get away with a lot of that stuff because I, I, I can push the limit. You know, I believe that that's how you know a lot of the monster truck drivers feel. They know that inside that cage and inside that harness and with their helmet and with their safety gear that they're they're safe. They can push the limits and do do you know things that you might not do if you didn't feel quite as safe. That's one of the reasons that I can drive biohazard the way I do it. I don't mind putting 1500 horsepower in the truck because I I honestly feel that if I lay a biohazard over or roll it three times, I'm not going to be hurt. You know, I might mess the truck up a little bit, but the cage built around me, the way I sit in the truck, the harnesses that I have, the safety gear that I have, I'm not going to be hurt. I'm not going to, you know, my family doesn't have to worry about me in that truck. So it allows me to drive it like I stole it, you know. And it, it's a, it, it just goes to a test today. Reaper got a little crazy, laid it right on its side. It was a pretty soft layover, but I didn't even take off running for the truck. You know, a lot of times, you know, when somebody gets into an accident, we'll take off running to provide any aid that we can. When I saw Reaper lay over, I just watched it to make sure I saw him get out of the truck and, get, you know, give the thumbs up. Didn't even run over there because I, I, I was 99.9% .9 sure he was fine. And sure enough, he popped out of the door, stood up on the truck, and waved to the crowd, and I said, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and that is why, you know, when it popped over on its side, didn't bother me in the least bit. I had all my safety gear on. I knew the cage around me was built to, specifically Reaper, I had built the cage strong enough so I can attempt the backflip because that is my ultimate end goal here. I know there has been probably five, six guys throughout the whole United States that has done a backflip in a mega truck and has completed it. But and I, I want to believe be they were all Chevy powered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I cannot enough said. I, I I'm lost for words on that one. Because <laughs> you're right, everyone has been a Chevy powered truck. <laughs> 
I cannot deny or. All I, I can say, say is Bobby Bardo is probably the closest. I, he didn't quite land the backflip, but he he got all the way around, and I think that's the only Ford that's ever ever made it back to the wheels anyway. And you're right. You are absolutely right. He is the only Ford. He did the backflip. He landed, but the tight area where they had the backflip cut when he flipped it, it landed on its wheels, but it landed on the side of the embankment. And when it landed on the side of the embankment, it just kicked itself over yeah, and it laid on the top. Laid on its side, yeah. Yep. And see, for me, that is my ultimate goal: is to have a track here in the state put on a, a place where I can attempt a backflip because I know my cage that I built is safe enough if I was to tromp on it and not make the full rotation and come straight down on my lid, I would be able to walk away. The truck might be damaged, but I'd still walk away with everything I, you know, on my body. I won't get hurt. Um, might have some bumps and bruises, but that's the worst thing you're going to walk away from. Exactly. That's why yep. when today when I landed it on the side, it was just so, well, that happened. Looked, she over, reached over, shut my truck off, turned the power off, undid my belt, got out, gave the old thumbs up to the crowd. The crowd went kind of nuts, got in, and I, okay, let's flip it over, make sure everything's okay, kind of examine the truck. Nothing hurt on the truck other than body damage from laying on its side. But, yeah, it, I mean, that's – you're right. You couldn't have said it better yourself. You do – and you can do more, so much more in the truck when it is built specifically around you and for your needs and your wants, you know. And it's an evolution. Like you, Robert. It's oh yeah, an evolution, it's you know. Evolution. I bought good harnesses like when you. I first got the truck. You know, I bought three-inch harnesses with the, you know, good good harnesses. But after jumping the truck, you know, we were sending the trucks a pretty good distance. ACP built us a really good tabletop that we could pop up and over. The tabletop itself, I want to say, is I don't know, 15 foot long or so, and it's probably uh, I'm guessing at about eight or nine foot tall. And, and I've popped yep. and cleared that tabletop many times. And a few times, you know, I've gotten a little bit of rug burn from the straps on my shoulders. And so this, you know, this last year I went and bought new harnesses that are all padded so I don't get the rug burn from the straps anymore. The whole thing's been an evolution. You know, I now wear a Simpson banded helmet because my, my neck brace fits better on it and it's set up for a Hans device. So if I ever want to do a backflip or something like that, you know, all I have to do is actually buy the device and my helmet's all set up for it and put it on. I don't currently wear a Hans device, even though, you know, I probably should. Um, I don't. <laughs> I'm the same way. That's the one safety feature that I do not have yet. Everything else is set up for it. I just don't have the Hans device yet. So, yes, that's probably the only thing between the two of us that we are lacking that our trucks and ourselves don't have. Yeah. Everything um, else. Yeah. We have our full safety gear, our fire suits, um, you know, helmets and, and five point harnesses and 
everything else um, we both have really cool jackets with our names on them and stuff that's you know I really enjoy wearing that now it, it makes me want to wear it even more because it's cool you know and uh, <laughs> it's safety is important because again just like I said before the most important thing to us is family you know and we definitely want to make it back to our family every single time we go out in these things so you know guys that go and, and put you know I, I build high horsepower stuff but I only put it in things that I feel that are safe for it. You know, I, I could put the motor out of biohazard in a, you know, an S10 that we belly cage, and it would probably be really fast, um, but it just wouldn't be safe. So it's not something that I, would, that I personally would do. Um, there's some guys that run some stuff in the state that I think probably could use a lot better cage um, for the power they have, but, you know, to each their own. That's just not going to be me. I like I like having 17 bars around my head. Plus, it gives me good spots to mount the GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, we'll segue into the other member of State 48, which is Dirty White Boy. Dirty White Boy is driven by Perry Edwards, and it is probably the best roundy round truck that that there is in the world. It's a 1999 Dodge Diesel 24-valve. It's got two-and-a-half-ton rock, rock wells under it with a uh, MP200. And it, the MP200 has been twisted to turn it into a drop box, basically using the fourth output shaft. Uh, it's got a manual NV5600 transmission in it. You know, really the only, uh, you know, quote-unquote upgrade on the truck is an industrial injection pump on it. And the AC is still functional. It's got a DVD player in it. You know, full interior, and it, it's pretty sweet. Um, Perry and literally. And he's still running on the same tank that he had, that he started with. Yeah, he filled filled it up at the beginning of the year. I don't even think he filled it up, honestly. I think he put three quarters of a tank in it or so, and he's been running on the same fuel, you know, the whole year. He's going to end up having to drain the f fuel and put more fuel in it before he runs out of fuel, but. It, there's been nights he just left it running all night because it was a you know a hot night because of course we are in Arizona. There's hundred degree nights when it's midnight you know, and uh, he just left it running with the AC. Sometimes you'll just go for a ride with him through the pit just to cool off. Um, just the other night I had mentioned something about you know somebody had said or you know how many passes are you guys gonna make and I said Perry will make passes all night you know, and uh, that night he had brought Monster Trucks the movie and put it in the DVD player in the truck. And everybody that rode with him got to watch the Monster Trucks DVD going on in the truck, in the AC, while they were making passes in the truck. It's just, it's pretty cool. Um, the truck's just been really bulletproof ever since he got it. Um, the, the truck is a, is, uh, it, it's one of my favorite trucks just because it just goes all night, all the time. He, you know, he's, uh, he drives the truck around in his neighborhood goes out to the gravel pit and just goes cruising around and you know leaves the windows down and just takes the truck for a cruise it's uh something i envy a little bit you know having a blown alcohol motor you know i can't quite do the same stuff <laughs> <laughs> but perry again one of those guys you know when when i show up to the bogs i have a a 53 foot gooseneck on the back of my truck and so I usually carry two trucks on the trailer 
And so I pull up to the box, and it, it's a chore to go crawl around my trailer and unhook all the straps and get the ramps and do all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, most of the time, you know, I load the trucks by myself. We all do because, we, you know, we're, we're loading to go to an event. But when Perry's there, when you pull up to the event, he's the first one that jumps on the trailer and starts unstrapping things and getting the ramps out and just helping you set up. Every time somebody gets down to the end and we've broken something, we've snapped a steering stabilizer, we've, you know, you know, broken a steering knuckle or something like that, He's the first one that's down at the end, you know, offering help. And again, you know, he drives that 24 valve Cummins and he just drives his truck down there and he's got tools in it and, you know, he's got the AC going and he just hops out and says, what do you need? You know, he'll crawl right under your truck, just jump right in the mud, right underneath your truck and, and hook something up or, or ratchet strap something together. It, it's just these, these kind of people, this mud family, they just make it enjoyable you know um, I've had some really hard times with biohazard this year you know I, I you know I went through three motors this year and it doesn't make you happy when you do that I can promise you that um, and the other night I was just I was done I was done you know we had two two events left in the season and uh, I wasn't willing to put in the effort really um, with work my work schedule is pretty crazy right now and I was just like, there's no way that I can get this put back together and try to make it because the next event was like the next weekend. And all these guys jumped in. You know, I think James jumped in and, and drove the truck on the trailer and Perry strapped it down and Aaron showed up after hours to get it back together. I mean, that's the kind of people that you have in the sport. And it's why the sport is growing like wildfire, especially on the East Coast. You couldn't be much more right, Robert. That's what this sport is all about. Family, family, family. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in to the State 48 Mega Mud Trucks podcast. Um, we will be talking about the parks and the promoters at the parks on the next podcast. Everybody, fly straight, sling some mud. We'll all talk to you then. Thank you, everybody. And from State 48, good night.